millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Scoop is back, guys. Welcome back to him. He has moved for his job. It's all exciting news on his end and can't wait to get into an awesome week here, uh, round 16. I'm personally not too excited just for the fact that I think I'm going to lose a few ranks and we'll get into that in a second as to why I'm making that decision and it's going to be based around trade. So I think I'm going to personally take a little bit of a hit next week to make sure that I'm better for the rest of the year. So Scoop, what are your general thoughts on the trades? I know you just mentioned about the amount of trades left in the top thousand. Just have a little bit of a uh, a little bit of an explanation for everyone around that would be great. Yeah, well, we all know that in a couple of weeks, the end of round nineteen, hitting round twenty, we get eight extra. But if you've got four or five trades left right now, that doesn't mean it's great. We still have twelve full weeks to go. People are going to get rested at the end of the year, especially if they're going to make finals. There's buyers near the end of the year. You really need to plan hard and make sure that you're not down pretty much to zero by rounds uh, 20 or even with those extra eight trades, you could be struggling. So things like the round 17 buy when some really relevant teams are missing and planning and playing around with that, especially with guys like Hines being available this week are really really important going forward making those decisions beautiful and yeah obviously the big thing now is if you're sitting with six or on our screen here we've got the people scored with seven that seems to be fairly normal obviously the average at the moment top thousand you have a a couple more than that uh, which is always uh, very very helpful i'd say to, to be able to get uh you know into a great position heading into your your final 17 final 18 there my biggest issue with trades this year is because there's a team each and every week that has a buy, obviously following the origin period as well, it does make it that little bit harder to have one or two players that aren't playing in your team each week or that you don't want to play in your 17. And that's where I think the trades are you know, as important or more important than ever. You know, In previous years, you'd be able to get through sort of a couple of rounds at the end with no trades just because you'd had you know, sort of 18 or so really good players. And if one goes out, you can cover it for that week. 
But I just feel like that's going to be a little bit more difficult. Just say you had two players from a team, which is going to be pretty normal, sort of one, anywhere between one and three from a certain team. If you have two out and then you have a couple of guys you don't really want to play, you, you may have brought in a cheap guy now or you may bring one in in 19. So you're sitting there and probably having like a, a good 15 and then a couple of sort of stragglers at the end. So I feel like you're setting yourself up with, you know, really good guns at the moment is probably going to be the strategy. You really don't want to be trading in a guy that you're probably going to have to trade out, right? Would that be your general theory as well? Yeah, I 100% agree. You can't afford to have guys like Moale just rotting in your emergencies like last year. This year, you've got to have everybody having good value or good points in your team and particularly looking towards run home. You need a strong 17. That's a reason why I bought Greg Marsu last week. <laughs> Um, because he's just been so good with such a good base. Because he's going to be one of those high-end wing fullbacks, yeah, unfortunately this week he's going to be missing for me. But those are the sort of trades you need to make, even if they're a bit more a bit more straightforward with um, guns like Hines this week compared to guys like Marcy. Definitely. And, yeah, to, to further along with that theory of, of myself, is I'm likely going to be playing with 11 this week just so I can try to save that extra trade because in that mid position, I don't feel like anyone other than Hopgood and Madison. And then you've got some borderline type of keepers in, in Butcher and guys like Sorensen who their role isn't completely defined at the moment. You know, Butcher moves around a bit. They've got so many edges. You've got Sorensen, like where's Liam Martin going to play? Is he going to come in for Hosking? Is he going to go to Sorensen's edge? There's a lot going on there. And they're sort of that you know high forties to maybe 50 type of guy, which you probably aren't going to want in your team at the end of the season, or they're like a 17th, 18th man. They also have buys in round 19 where you're going to want to field a good side as well. So, you know, is it worth trading that guy in to then have to trade him out? And it, personally for me, it's a no, and you can make that decision yourself based on, on how many trades there are. So really, let's turn our attention to those mids now and have a little bit of a discussion around a bunch of them uh, going forward here. I'll get a few of them up on the screen here. We've got uh, Nelson Asafa Salomona. So he's probably the guy that has the best sort of bang for your buck, right, at the moment at 537. But do you see him as being a keeper and you know, as someone that you could keep in your side all year? No, I definitely don't. I think Nelson's not as good as he seems as well because some of those really big ceiling scores, you scroll down, you see some huge tackle break numbers. Nearly all those kings came in games where there was an injury, often to Eli Katoa, and he moved into the edge and dominated against the smaller blokes. So, look, he'll probably get you mid-40s, high-40s, and that'll be valuable this week particularly, but moving forward, he's not really somebody you want in your final team. You're only going to have to get rid of him again. Yeah, that's 100% what I'm looking at, is if we bring any of these guys, and then they suck in a few 40s, and you want to get rid of them out of your side, and, and then you just don't have the trades available. So, you know, if you're sitting there with six, let's say you're sitting there with eight right now, you're probably in a better position than most, you got 16 left for the for the 12 rounds. Is that going to be enough with, you know, round this round being pretty crazy, round 17 crazy as well, 19 and 20 are going to be the same. Like, you're going to run out pretty quickly, aren't you? And you're going to hate that you wasted that trade on a mid-range guy or someone that wasn't going to be a keeper that you'd have to trade out, right? Yeah, it's. I think this year you have to look towards your final team earlier than ever because you're going to almost have to make a gun 17 and maybe a backup and then just sit with that and adjust when the buys and the injuries come running because there's just going to be so much kind late in the year, particularly with um, guys like the Cowboys, um, 
Rabbitohs and the Eels missing one of the last three weeks. I think anybody with a lot of Rabbitohs and the Eels in their last couple of games are really going to struggle if they've only got two trades left to get rid of them. And then they might lose their head-to-head grand final or they might uh, drop a bunch of ranks for guys that have four or five left and actually get them out for scores that week. Definitely. Let's turn our attention to the hooking position then with the unfortunate news of, of you know, Appy getting injured. That means Robson and Damien Cook come into the Origin side and a good chance that means that you know Cook misses a bunch of games now. Round 16, he'll be out round 19 if he does play and then they have a buy in round 20. Is, you know, for him especially, given he miss, he's going to miss that one extra week than someone like Robson will, he'll miss this one, which we want him to play, but 19 as well, they have their buy anyway. Are those guys worth potentially looking to move on? Or are they kind of guys you're going to want likely for the rest of the year anyway? It's a really tough one because the two best hookers below Grant are those two that you've just listed. And they're going to miss three to four games now. Damien Cook's going to miss this week as he was already going to, but that's a week that he's not playing. 19, 20 and 26. That's Mm. four games out of the last 12 and that's really tough to hold in your team, even though he's a good scorer. So I would be looking to move Damien Cook on, whether now or in round 19. Robson's a little bit easier to hold, but it's still going to be a little bit of a pain. Beautiful. And if you are deciding you are going to trade one of those guys, how many trades do you think you need in your side to be able to do that? I think you do need that minimum six. As you were saying, I'd prefer it to be more like seven or eight because... They are very strong scorers, and it is going to be a sideways trade from keeper to keeper, which most years you just you just don't really do. But this, this is a really unusual round uh, in a tough position, and it's an unusual year. We haven't had a, a year like this with buyers for a little while, so I think you need to be on the higher side in order to trade them out this week. Beautiful. Well, let's talk about the hooking position in, in the best scorers available. None of the top guys are available this week. It really comes down to Jake Turpin and Jake Simpkin, is it worth, if you don't have any of those two yet, is it worth picking up you know, one of those guys if you are sitting at that sort of six trades? I think probably yes, purely because they are both going to score pretty well and they're going to be the very rare mid-season cash cow. So yeah. because so many players are away during Origin and most of them cost six, seven, eight hundred k that means the dollars per point that actually happens in those weeks is lower and you don't get really great money making from that. Turpin and Simpkin are very low priced and very high scoring and are one of the few guys that you should really be looking to grab this week. It's it's really funny that the hooking position this week is exclusively Jake. It's Jake Simpkin, yeah. Jake Turpin and anyone that still has Jake Granville. Wow, that's crazy. I forgot about Granville. Um, yeah, good good hold for anyone who, who held on to, to Granville there. If you do still own him, completely hold him. Uh, Simpkin with a negative break even. I've just got his scores up there. He's a 37.7 guy in 62 minutes. Do we expect him to hit about the 60-minute mark or 55 with Talon De Silva there, who is young but has lots of wraps on him too? Yeah, I think that's got to be what you expect, at least for the first couple of weeks. The We don't know a lot about him. He could be really gun and start to eat into Simpkin's minutes, but Simpkin's going to get that initial kick and start huge money-making for the next couple of weeks. So whether you buy him now or in round 18 after his buy, if you have a lot of guys missing in round 17, that's the week to do it. It's a very unusual situation because he scored huge last week and still stayed at 220k because of the way that the break-evens work because he can't keep going down in price. Yeah, I think um, someone 
mentioned about uh, Wishart, and he's he said his break even was like hundred, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yeah, so it's, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um. So that's him from there. Let's go to Turpin as well. He's obviously played a lot more games with bigger minutes. I've got him there at over fifty minutes. He's got a nice average of forty four point eight in sixty nine point uh, seven minutes there, and he's obviously tackle bot Terps as I've coined the new phrase. Uh, so I'm very thankful that I brought him in last week. It would have been absolutely spewing if I, uh, you know, was was really relying on Robson, and, and I would have had to loop one of them anyway. So, uh, not the worst result ever. Got the big price rise at four thirty three. Now, would you go for Simkin over Turpin just on the price, or does him playing in round seventeen really help the cause with Terps? I think it's still worth bringing in Turpin if you don't have him. About half of the teams in the higher ranks have him now, but. Brandon Smith's not supposed to be back until round 19 when they're on a bye, so probably round 20. They won't risk him. So he's got three weeks and basically a zero break even. If he scores more 45s, 50s, 55s, he's going to make you 150k and be incredibly valuable as a scorer. So I still think it's a good week to buy Jake Turpin. Probably not after this week, though. Yeah, 100%. He's definitely the better scorer too, isn't he? So... Let's move to the the mid position. Who do you think is going to be the, the best three scorers this week? I probably think it's going to be Hopgood, Madison, and Nat Butcher, depending on what Madison does at 5.8. I think, yeah. personally, he's going to go all right. He's, he used to play 5.8 a long time ago back at the Roosters and average mid forties, but that's that's a while ago now. He's a bigger body, more skilled, more advanced. He could make more meters and bust a few more tackles, especially if he's got the ball in his hands. But it, it's all speculation. He might drop a thirty-eight, but equally, I reckon there's a good chance he could he could get a sixty. Yeah, I still think that he's got the highest upside out of the most of them. Um, but my just general thoughts there was the meters gain that he gets through the edge or the middle is pretty high already. I doubt he goes above sort of anywhere 100, 100 plus, like, a, you know, if he gets 110 or something, like, yeah, fair enough, but very unlikely he goes big unless he makes a break. Uh, and then tackle numbers are going to be down a little bit as well, aren't they? So, you know, he's getting tackle breaks, he's getting offloads in the middle on the edge. Is that all going to drop a little bit? Or is he just going to, you know, have tries and try assists on that edge? I'm not sure. But um, the high break even, does that, you know, easily allow people to you know, just hold off on him? Or do you think he's worth it? Uh, personally, sorry, but firstly, I think he's the only keeper that you're bringing in this week other than Hopgood. So there's that. You won't really have to worry about him long-term as a scorer, but this week in itself, is it worth grabbing it now for that extra number? Yeah, it's a tough decision that a lot of coaches are very split on. I've had conversations with people right up the top of the rankings that say yes and others right next to them that say no. So it's very split and probably a matter of opinion as to whether you bring him in because that break-even and the lingering calf injury because they have a high re-injury rate. It's just very much high risk, high reward, like there was with Ponga a couple of weeks ago, and now it's gone on the good side for Ponga, and Madison Cash is a factor as well. You're buying him at probably what he's going to be most expensive for the next three or four weeks. Yeah, that, that um, the calf lingering issues is definitely a big thing. So I, I definitely think he's probably going to fall into the top three scorers still. I, I'm expecting him still to go pretty well, but he does have that downside risk as well where he can hit around that 40. Um, he's just such a, a stat machine, isn't he? So um, 80 minutes on the park. We, we see what happens when he plays in the second row. He just tackles his heart out um, and runs the footy and then gets attacking stats. So just him being on for 80 minutes compared to the chances of, you know, 
a lot of tries being scored against them and standing behind the posts when he's only playing 50. I think that's just a, a bit of upside. But yeah, you could definitely wait on him uh, with that super high break even as well. Nat Butcher was mentioned as well, 695k. What are your thoughts on him? I, I gave my thoughts already uh, in, the, in the previous video. Yeah, he's a very interesting one. He's probably the only other guy I'd even think might be a keeper mm. for the rest of the year, but he won't be a top-level guy. He'll be like a, a 16th or 17th spot type of low 50s guy. Look, you're buying what you're getting for Nat Butcher. He's over 700k, I think. But in the, what, he's named a prop this week. I think when he's in the middle, he's just going to get a really good base. We've seen a couple of games where he's moved into the middle a little bit and got those sort of 50-plus tackles. So that would be really nice for him this week. But, yeah, it's it's tough to project him as a really good buy um, long-term, but he's definitely going to do the job for you this week, and his duel is very valuable. Yeah, I see him as a better scorer on the edge, just the, the minutes that he gets through the middle. Uh, the 50-odd you see here in round 12. He played through the middle there for 45. So, yeah, 35 tackles there, ran the ball a bit more. Um, wasn't his best game in that one, though. You can't, it's hard to judge because he had a, a couple of errors and um, some missed tackles there. But, um, yeah, I just think for him, 80 minutes again. You, you see that with Madison for the most part. 80 minutes just allows him more consistently to get the bigger points. So, he's going to be solid. The higher break even as well. Yeah, none of these guys are just screaming buys, in my opinion. But if you do need someone that plays the next couple of weeks, he's going to fit that bill for sure. And that's the same with Scott Sorensen. Out of Nat and Scott, who would you pick? It's so hard to choose. I really, I'd probably look to go Butcher just, just because Sorensen's a little bit more expensive and there's a little bit more uncertainty as to what's happening with Hosking. Sorensen's kind of doing exactly what Hosking had been doing for the last month but it's also got the mid jewel, So that's very helpful for this week. But yeah, you don't know whether you're going to get a 38 or a 60 in 65 minutes. It's a little bit hard to have him as a gun every week because there's going to be those down weeks. Yeah, just there's no consistency, is there? And that's where I'm, I'm thinking here, like most of us are sitting there with like a, a DeBellin, a Horsburgh, a Joe Tarpany, a Tohu Harris, these types of guys. Is it worth getting another mid that, you know, as I said, is probably not going to be in your in your top 17 at the end, especially when you've got, um, you know, Hopgood, that's probably going to be your third or fourth mid. Most people have four at this point um, with the guys out on, on buy. And then, you know, in the edge position, we're looking at, you know, Bateman's, the IPAPs, Dave Fafita, post-Origin. There's a lot of guns there. And these guys would just sit below. And, yeah, that's where I'm just, you know, a bit concerned that you, you bring them in for, you know, on, on loan, especially when, you know, we're speaking of most people have six, six to eight trades. A lot of people have sort of three or four and they're trying to make these decisions. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Or two, or actually, so I think fifth or sixth overall is completely out of trades, which is pretty funny, so... 
um so things as well so lots of questions on these guys um just be certain that you know you have a bit of a plan if you are bringing one of these guys in right yeah definitely i think you've hit the nail on the head there a lot of these guys who played round 13 also play round 19 so i'm probably gonna i probably already have all of my mids for round 19 into bell and uh hopgood tohu harris things like that so really is it worth it if they're not also going to be playing round 19 if they're a little bit subpar? So you've got to keep that in mind as well. Yeah, and in your mids video a while ago, you were saying how hard 16 was going to be, um, and it's just completely shown that in that midsection. So I just want to touch on here, highest owned player right now, Dream Buller. How good? He's made his way all the way to the top. Yeah, it's He's been... He's been an absolute marvel this year with Clear going down and being sold. It's now Buller's turn, and I think he's the second highest money maker now already behind Preston. He's just, he looks like a keeper. I think you can have him as that slot all year. 100%. Uh, Nico Hines at 43.77, so he's in third spot. He's only up 1.7%. Do you think that Hines is, is the guy that most people should be targeting this week? He's a little bit of a discount as well, at under a million now. If you don't have like four or five Bulldog Sharks and Tigers players already, it is the week to get Nico Hines. He is by far the best captaincy option this week with a bunch of people out on the bye or in origin and Moses gone as well. So if you have him and your head-to-head opponent doesn't have him, it's going to be very tough to catch you if you have an equal amount of players. I'm, I'm really torn as to whether I bring him in this week because... I have four already in IPAP, Preston, Oluapu, and Dream Buller. And I'm just debating whether it's worth buying Heinz and selling Oluapu early or not. I'm probably not going to do that, but there's a good chance that I might end up bringing him in and captaining him. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's thinking about round 17 as well. I think the accumulation of points across these two weeks is what you need to think about with your squad. Yeah, if you are going to be really, really good next week, are you you know skimping on on round seventeen or round nineteen? Maybe you've got guys that play all the way to nineteen, but then you've run out of trades by that point, and then you fail in nineteen. So just have a yeah, at least a two week play, but even that that four week play uh, and thoughts and plan is is going to be the best one there. So in that half position, who do you think are the best two at the moment? We've got a lot of us playing Hines and Oluwapu, but if you don't get Hines, who's yeah, who's that next best scorer? I probably think it's actually Ponga. Like, Matt Burton's yeah. available. There's a good chance that he'll be second. But Kalen Ponga, back at fullback, has shown why he's a fullback. And he's basically turned down Origin this year and is going to be available. We don't need to worry about him missing or backing up. So he's on fire at the moment. Break-even's low. He's still cheap and a lot cheaper than um, what he's going to be soon, even though he's made some money already. I'm buying him this week and plugging him into the halves. I'm even considering captaining him, but I'm probably still going to go off good. <laughs> we know you with your captaincy choices the last few weeks. Um, I don't think I got to see you since the uh, Jack DeBellin captaincy, did we? No. That was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, but you obviously got a few yeah, more points than you would have for Cleary. But... but I had DeBellin who got injured anyway. Yeah. yeah, so you got a few extra points, but um, yeah, that was a fun one for sure. Uh, so yeah, Ponga, just the effortlessness of him scoring. Uh, especially as the Broncos last week, I think was the big win for him. Him at fullback is just such a different proposition, isn't it? The meters gained is so much higher. He's still kicking 
same or more. He's kicked more the last two weeks than he has all year. Uh, just looks like he's just clearly focusing on Newcastle at the moment and you know has started both the last few games really slow, but then has absolutely turned it on. And this week is a nice matchup, isn't it, against the Roosters who uh, are missing a few players but are very much out of, out of touch. Yeah, they just haven't really been roosted, we know, this year. And no Teddy uh, and Lindsay Collins. We could he, he could be really in for a good score. Against the Broncos, he went well. And the Knights actually nearly managed to pull off a win. So I actually reckon the Knights are going to get up this week and Ponga's going to have a good one. Beautiful. Uh, and, yeah, that's a good uh, point there about him moving to the half position if you need. If you're sitting there with Reuben Garrick, the, the ton man, um, Buller, drink water, then you could just slot Ponga up in the halves and not get Hines. That's probably the only way I, I, I would suggest uh, to not pick up Nico. Or you have Matt Burton and Oluwapu, you can kind of play that one as well. But then thinking about round 17 and and uh, yeah, being able to fill each and every spot. Because that's the thing. Uh, have you, You've obviously been looking at that, but just to remind everyone to make sure that yes, next week you have 17. But remember, if you don't have, just say you don't have a hooker next week or you, know, you have a Reed Marnie or something like that who plays this week but misses next week, you're going to have to trade in a hooker to get 17. Or you know, if you have Oluwapu and Burton, then you're, you're missing out on some halves and you're going to have to trade in a half. So just be aware of that when you're making trades this week as well. Um, something we do forget about. It's like, oh, no, I've, got, I've only got four out. But you know, it's, it might be, and you know, the edge position is probably the best one actually. Between Preston, IPAP, and uh, and Bateman, a lot of people have all three, right? And they're they're looping between or trying to do something like that. But then next week they have no edges apart from like maybe Hopgood. So something to think about for sure. Where's your team at with that? My team currently has IPAP and Preston sitting there, so I'm going to be have to probably field Hopgood and Madison, move them down from mid to edge, or <laughs> maybe even play Lemuelu at edge. We'll see what happens and how I can rearrange it. Okay, yeah, as long as people have a plan, right? That'll be good. Uh, let's turn our attention to uh, a, a slightly different position here and a, and a different uh, price bracket in semi Valame. He's actually been brought in by about 1% of teams this week. Yeah, 1% of squads there. Uh, I did look at the who's hot, who's not list, and it's actually pretty solid. The who's not, there's probably only a couple that uh, people are trading out. The Lemuelus of the world uh, will speak about Mitch Moses and Robson, but everyone else basically I think is, is good trade-outs in Aikatoa. Eli Katoa, uh, Cam Pereira, Jackson Ford, still people trading out Cleary, Coruscant, Wiramu Greg, these type of guys. So that looks pretty solid. But Valame popped up on the who's not who's hot, and I thought that was the only real interesting one. Other than that, I think everyone's making good trades this week. So shout out to you guys. But let's talk about Valame. Is there any interest in him, or do you think Kyle Felt keeps his spot? I think Valame is a chance, especially after that storming performance. And they will need to look to the future because Feltz is uh, on the older side. But, yeah, you can't expect him to do what he did against the Storm every week. Three tries, three line breaks, six tackle busts. 66 from a cheap guy is great, but I don't know if he's going to do that moving forward. His job security is dodgy. So, look, I can see the appeal of why people would want to bring him in, but I think they're just points chasing yeah, and, and he's a bit too expensive, isn't he, to, to be like a, a cash down type of thing. Um, yeah, so we kind of mentioned a little bit before, round 19, 20, would you maybe look to, to bring a, a real cheap guy in to just get one decent score and kind of sit as your 21, 21st man? Or do you think that that's completely out of the question just with having a 21-man squad and all the buys? 
I think you can probably only have one this year, or like you'd have to have an absolutely amazing team, and then you could have two. So I think for most people, it might have been what Peter Mamazelos in round nineteen would be the one, but Jake Simpkin is now available, so mm. you wouldn't be going for that. So probably late season, you'll be you might want to do a cash down to get like a gun seventeenth man. But yeah, not really somebody something you want to plan so early. Beautiful. Uh, and the best centers for you this week. What are your thoughts on uh, obviously Joey Manu? Would you look at bringing him in, or would you leave him out? Would you look at bringing in someone like Will Penasini in a obviously a bit of a decimated Parramatta side? What are your thoughts on the center position at the moment? Do you kind of just wait until Jack Bird's back as well? A few different questions there. Yeah, it's a very very tough head scratcher this position a lot of people should be able to fill it but what's going to happen long term Manu has not been great um, in the spine like we thought he might be the last few weeks um, even before he got injured and that's mostly down to the fact that the Roosters aren't doing well he's not getting all those attacking stats that you would expect with him um, having his hands on the ball so much I would probably look to go for a Will Penasini Um, it is unfortunate that Moses um, is out this week yeah. and him hogging the ball especially with no Dylan Brown would have been great for him I still think he'll go all bright but somebody else that I'm actually really keen on and if I didn't have Manu Penasini I would be bringing in Dane Gagai actually nice nice call yeah he's the best scorer at the moment isn't he so yeah the thing with Gagai is that uh, I had a bit of a look at him earlier and it still holds true he has the best base, I think, out of all the true centres this year. So many years he's done a lot of tackling, a lot of run metres. This year he's averaging like 30, 33, 34 points just in tackles and run metres. And when you're in an attacking position, that means if he spoons off a try to Dom Young, makes a bust uh, or a break, then he's straight away he's up to a good score. So I think there's a reason why he's a very, very good scorer this year, and if Manu does end up being a bust and moves back to the centres, there's a good chance I'll pick him up um, after round 19. Very cheeky. Yeah, the, the last bunch of years he's really started well and he's kind of fallen away, but he hasn't done that yet. The, yeah, the base, the, the run metres is huge. He just tackle breaks, he offloads for fun. Um, and Knights have been okay though, for the most part. Sam Fainu, would you still look at him at 285 as that cheapest middle option, or do we leave him out now? No, I think it's I think it's time for us to uh, accept that he'll probably be a bust. There's two luggy rumours that he might even be back next week. Yep. And he's pro- might switch to the bench again late. <laughs> there's just not really any value in him when there's guys like Turpin Sipkin who are basically guaranteed money makers, and then you're going to have to trade out Fainu for one mediocre score and not much value. Yeah, and we do that. Leave him now. Last week would have been fine, week before, but yeah, not now. Uh, Jack Cogger, any interest in him still? Three, maybe four games. You know, maybe plays around 20 as well, but at 398k, was he just the buyer last week and he can't do it now? He is a good option. The problem is Caelan Ponga plays in the halves and Nico Hines is um, available. So I really think that he's third on that pecking in that pecking order or maybe even lower. So he's in solid option. There's just better ones around. Yeah, I agree with that. Oluwapu played great last week and helped out. Is there any merit in bringing in Ruben Garrick this week after his massive score? Well, that is a tough one because he is now quite expensive. They're like 633k, made 80k for owners. But yeah, I mean, 
we were worried that he'd go poorly in the centres, but he absolutely carved it up. So there's a good chance that he'll score well and could be a keeper, but it's not not as sure a thing that he'll be right up the top with some of those guys. So paying over 600k for him already, it's a bit borderline. Look, you could bring him in, see how he goes. If he keeps covering up the centre, that's great. Might even get sent to Jewel, but um, yeah, it's, it's not really the most safe long-term play. Yeah, I think obviously when the full teams, they're great, but when Tommy's out, when DC's out, it's hard to have him in your squad. Um, if you got him, awesome. But uh, I'm not expecting a huge score this week. Last week, there was every chance. I thought they were going to do pretty well. It's just, um, yeah, that move to right center, I think, was great. Get him around Olakuatu and DCE. How good. Uh, Reese Robson, we kind of mentioned him a little bit. More of a hold than a sell, would you say? Yeah, I think he's more of a, uh, a hold than Cook, that's for sure. Okay. And his buyers work out a little bit better. So I think... If he's off the bench, there he's a chance that he might only play 25, 30 minutes and be fresher and then play the full game or very close to the full game compared to somebody like Cook next week. So, yeah, I would probably hold him unless you have absolutely nobody else to sell and absolutely need somebody to bump numbers this week. Yeah, I feel with Robson, Cook, with Moses, you can reassess after round 17. So let, they should all back up and play, and then you can make a decision from there. Uh, so you mentioned Damien Cook. We spoke a little bit about Moses. It's just a weird one. If he does play Origin 3, it's now one game in the next four. So do you think he's an option to sell as well at some point? Yes, I do. Like, well, that was the problem with Hines. We thought if he was going to play Origin, he's missing round 17. So he's going to miss three out of four. Now it's Moses' turn. He misses round 18, and potentially there's two Origin matches. So he's going to miss three out of four. The other strategy you could use with Moses is splitting the difference holding him this week and then playing him next week while Hines is gone and then making the switch in round 18 before Moses misses those two in a row. So that's what I personally think I'll be doing. But yeah, it it's not a great hold long-term, especially because he misses the last match of the year. That's right. Last week was a hit and hope that he would uh, keep in the team. Uh, but you know, I got to keep Hines in my squad and, and Moses is the out. That was kind of how I justified it. Uh, a few people are selling Lemuelu. He's a clear hold, right? In the forwards, he's just he's just going to be a good scorer. He's got a massive base. All he needs is 80 minutes and not too many tackles, and he's over for a 45 type of thing. And any attacking stats, back in round 9, round 10, he scored 93 and 60 back-to-back, and you'd love that in your team. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Everyone, he went pretty low for a few weeks in a row, which he's done now, and then he went absolutely bonkers. So you're not you're not missing out on a guy that can get 90 in the centres, I don't think. Um yeah, especially after losing a bit of cash too and then not having – he plays 17, he plays 19, 20. Pretty big there. If you have Jeremy Marshall King, is he a hold as well? Sounds like this week off is going to be better for his shoulder. Yeah, it's a tough one because we saw Eli Katoa come back straight away after missing one match and he was all right except he got banged up in the head. Yeah. So um, Jeremy Marshall King I think is probably a good one to hold particularly because he'll play round 19 for you. And that would be very handy when a few are out. So yeah, definitely can hold him and see just see if his shoulder is gonna gonna stay stable. Yeah, then there's a lot of issues in the hooking position. He'll probably play more games than Robson and Cook and and Grant and these types of guys over the next bit. So he could be a better option going forward. All right, I think we might have a minute or two left. Bronson Garlic was someone that has had a small interest in at the two fifty k as a player this week. In the mids has the uh, hooking jewel. 
I think he'll uh, score really well this week in sort of 55, 60 minutes. And you know, if there is an injury to Harry Grant, he becomes relevant. So it'd be very much a hit and hope, I think, with Garlic. Um, for anyone uh, looking to make that risky trade-in, I just wanted to mention that as well. Yeah, it's it's a really you'd have to pray that Grant gets injured. I don't think you can really do that for a week. <laughs> no, I agree with that. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, any further thoughts on your trades, mate, and where you're at with your squad? Yeah, uh, no, I'm going pretty well. I've locked I've locked in Caleb Ponga into my halves, traded out uh, Jack Bird. I just don't like how his knee might be managed going forward. And Joe Tarpney being just underwhelming, hasn't delivered. Goes to Ryan Madison. Okay, awesome. And uh, a massive score for you last week, just under 1,100. Got you, what, about half your rank, didn't it? Yeah, um, down to 264, so hopefully push up into the top 250 and beyond. Yeah, they're all fancy analysis boys are uh, doing really well. Uh, hopefully I probably only in just outside the 100 after this week is the goal with my 11, uh, unless we you know, have a massive one from Heinz and a few of the uh, random pods. We need Trent Leoro to get a 55 this week would be great. I wish you guys all the best of luck and I hope this video helped with uh, your trade management and being able to pick the right guys this week. Good luck.